Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. 106 in Edmonton, this is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Digitex is your all-in-one convenient location at digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Bob Stoffer with you in Chicago. Off day today for the Edmonton Oilers on the heels of two entirely different uh, back-to-back wins uh, Monday night in Nashville and Tuesday in Dallas. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors has been providing winning results for over 35 years. Uh, guests on this show receive Gift certificates to Japanese Village, steak and seafood cooked right at your table, Edmonton South Downtown, Northside, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stopper. Brendan Escott's a big part of the show. He's at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Off to our River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Not bad. Third city, third day, hosting yeah. shows. So it's fun, right? Nashville, Dallas, uh, Chicago. We got in around, uh, I don't know, got into the hotel about uh, 2.15. I think I hit the wrapper about 3. I always watch uh, the encapsulated nine-minute uh, recaps of each of the Oilers games whenever we land. Um, let's get to it. Let's get to about last night, that Demi Moore classic from the mid-1980s with Rob Lowe. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers uh, getting the win, 2-1. The Miko Koskinen show last night, David. Pretty impressive, eh? I mean, uh, the Oilers, they really, really... <laughs> I mean, they weren't trying hard to lose that game. Dallas was a uh, well-rested team. And the Oilers, you know, the last time they won 8-3, to Cal- they beat at Calgary 8-3 in early February. And then they lost uh, the next two games. They lost Arizona 3 nothing and San Jose 6-3. And those were two games that I think people were thinking the Oilers needed, you know, should win, needed to win. And so you have a huge emotional night again, this outburst of five goals against uh, Nashville. And just kind of an explosion of the, you know, giving us kind of an inkling of the offensive talent, I think, on this new team. And I was kind of hoping, well, let, you know, maybe this is like, maybe we're back to the 80s here and we're going to see this this great lineup go into Dallas now and do the same thing. But that's not, this is the NHL of the modern world, parody, parody, parody. Every team is so close. And Dallas just completely, this rest of Dallas team just completely took it to the bub. I know that you uh, count, I think you count great eight chances uh, during the game. You sometimes yeah. do. I've heard you talk about it. I had them as 16 to 3 in regulation time for Dallas. 16 grade A chances for Dallas, three for the Oilers, and Koskinen just was... I mean, he had a couple posts helping him out, but he was fantastic. Yeah, it was... uh, Hey, somebody put a stat out last night. I think Mark Spector retweeted the stat. And uh, long story short, um, 
the orders were outshot 18 to nothing or out attempted 18 to nothing just just a second here david uh and listeners can you come back in about an hour please thank you thanks uh that's the beauty of doing shows live in your hotel room uh anyhow i digress uh 18 nothing when dennis garyanov was on the ice that line of dickinson garyanov and rupe hints who had been dallas's best line for the last month or so absolutely crushed whoever they were on the ice against. But even the way Cogliano and Como played against Edmonton and the pressure with their speed that they put on Edmonton, I mean, that was a hard game. And you, you know what? I'm not, I don't think for a second Edmonton wins that game in the last two years. But they've got a one-two punch and goal right now. That the, It just seems like Dave Tippett's, you know, he's... He's he's calling he's calling all the right plays right like he he starts uh, uh Smith uh big win against the Winnipeg Jets Smith was a difference there the Jets had a lot of shots I think the scoring chances David might have been a little bit more even than the shots indicated in that game against Winnipeg the blow went against Nashville yeah and then Koskinen obviously stealing one last night so so that was a good thing you mentioned Leon Drysaddle. yeah there's quite a controversy right now over is there a controversy or are people coming around on this topic. Well, people, a lot of people, I mean, I, I listen to your show. We hear all, all kinds of people that you talk to, experts, uh, uh, who are in favor of Leon Dreisaitl now winning the MVP award. And about a month ago, the only people talking about it, I think, were, were like, well, you were, and the cult of hockey was talking about it. We were, we were noticing that Dreisaitl had just absolutely taken off. And the stat that, that stands out for me, Bob, and is, we've talked about this before, it's, it's these points per game. of uh, It's right now at uh, 1.61 points per game. We haven't seen that uh, points per game level since Mario Lemieux 20 years ago. And if that doesn't scream out MVP, kind of like, to me, case closed MVP almost, I, not, no other stat does. There's no harder thing to do in the NHL than put up points. And Leon Dreisaitl is doing it at a rate that no one has seen in the NHL since a Hall of Fame, you know, not just a Hall of Fame player in Melamute, but one of the, you know, five best players who ever played hockey. So Leon's, you know, reaching that level. Of course, Melamute later in his career, but he's reaching that level that Lemieux was at. So, um, but nonetheless, we see lots of writers, uh, Eastern Canadian, or Eastern Canadian, Eastern USA uh, writers, talking about other players which is fine you know everyone's got their favorite players and and there's no taking away from Pasternak and Artemi Panarin they're having fantastic seasons also so so there are other players you know you can make a case for but the um there is a controversy because you know there's um there's the two main arguments which uh against Dreisaitl and I think it boils down to Joe Hagerty of of, uh, Boston um NBC he was being hassled for his opinion. He was putting forward Pasternak, and he finally just got down to it, and he said, and he, and he, and he summarized the argument against Dreisaitl in one sentence, and he said, Dreisaitl racks up power play, racks up points on the power play with McDavid, and he's a freaking minus player. So those are the things, Bob, that's held against Dreisaitl. He plays, he gets, people see him as cheap points, I think, on the power play with McDavid, and there's the old goals plus minus, which is, like I don't discount goals plus minus as a stat, but it's 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 often it's very often misleading, and it's misleading in Drysaddle's case because he's gotten a lot of minuses on the power play where he's done nothing wrong, and minuses into empty nets. So, um, but the, the fact that he's on the power play with McDavid and putting up points there somehow that's not that's not good enough. 
And you watch the Oilers' power play. I watch that power play. And Dreisaitl and McDavid, it, it's hard to say who's the better power player. But Dreisaitl is absolutely critical to the success of that power play. I mean, his shooting and passing and, and play in the, just in the offensive end. I mean, McDavid getting the zone, there's nothing like that. And we saw that when he was out. But in the offensive end itself, it's Dreisaitl, who, who I think is the who really drives the play as the driver of the Oilers' power play, as much, even more so than McDavid. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, right? Like, I know Joe's Pasternak is a great player, but he has the third responsibility in terms of defensively when he's on a line with the perfection line with Bergeron and uh, Brad Marchand. He's got 19 power play goals himself, so they've got a pretty good power play. It's right up there. Uh, he doesn't play a significant penalty-killing minutes as Settle does. He doesn't take draws like Settle does. And they have Tuka Rask in goal. That is a top-five goaltender in the world. And that affects it, you know, the, the, the plus-minus that. I mean, and I look at, like last year, Kucherov, and Stamkos were the top two power play point uh, producers in the league. And Kucherov won the league MVP. I do think there is a little bit of it. But put it this way. It has been my experience as a traveling broadcaster in the league, David, that the Western broadcasters watch more of the East than the Eastern, uh, or I shouldn't say Western broadcasters, the Western media, because I want to include the writers. They watch more of the East than the guys out east watch of the west. And I can tell you why. Because wherever you go in the west, the eastern games are on before. You be it in the media rooms or up in the press box. Those games are on TV, so you see them. Well, guess what? What do the writers, and they're the ones that vote on this, what do they do when their game is over in the east? They're writing their game. And I don't think they watch it as much. We had a situation actually a couple of years ago with McDavid. Uh, Mike Chambers, who votes his professional professional hockey writers association, he uh, did not vote for Connor McDavid uh, in his top five. Okay, mm-hmm. on his ballot, Connor McDavid was first star in all three games that year between Edmonton and Colorado, <laughs> and he did not vote for so. He didn't even trust his own eyes. Well, actually, he wasn't at one of the games at Edmonton because something had happened and they didn't travel him for one of the. But the point is, McDavid it was the first star in every game played between head to head against Nathan McKinnon in Colorado. So, uh, you know, hey, we're going to have a slightly. I'm going to have an Edmonton centric view on this. I get that. To me, it's it's increasing with dry settle, but it's a really interesting story. I want to switch focus, David. Adam Larson. He's been maligned at times. He's taken on greater minutes. Do you think he's played his best hockey here over the last couple of weeks? Oh, he has been the Adam Larson that we all hoped would come over for uh, Taylor Hall in that trade. And Bob, like, I, I, listen, a month ago, I was I was musing and speculating. You know, is it time for the Oilers to look at trading this player? There's a, he he's got a year left on his deal. Uh, the Oilers need a top forward or needed a top forward at the time. And um, they can only protect three or four demon in the expansion draft. And that, that's kind of, the, you know, the main thing that was actually driving my, my thinking is Larson may not have a long-term future with the team. But right now, Bob, he's playing the best any Oilers defenseman right now, and it's not close. He is absolutely killing it. Like, he's such a nasty player, but he's also a very, very 
effective player. He's starting to get more involved in the attack. He's moving more freely on the ice. He seems like he's in peak health. Um, he seems like he's making very good decisions with the puck. And his defense is second to none on the Oilers. He's, he's just a, a vicious, nasty, right now, Darian Hatcher-like um, defenseman. Not as big as Hatcher, but every bit as nasty and as effective. So, and you can see this in his numbers. And, I, and I'm going to go to goals plus minus because I do think it, it's, it, it can uh, shed a little bit of light. So in his first nine games this year, Bob, Larson was minus six. In his last 36 games, he's plus four. Uh, the best number for a D-man on the team in the last uh, in that in that time period, and, and this is uh, I've dug into kind of the underlying numbers that we keep, and and this matches up. He is just he's he's really stingy in giving up Grade A scoring chances, and he started to contribute to a lot of them. So good for Adam Larson. He's changed the he's changing. Uh, I think a lot of people's opinions. It wasn't uncommon to hear people talk about trading him a month ago uh, before the deadline, and that talk. I think is is dying down completely. Well, injury played a factor. Obviously, cleft bomb going out. I realize Larson's a right shot, cleft cleft's a left shot. Waters still have some room from growth here moving forward. They added a couple players at the trade deadline, David. Uh, I think you'd agree with me. Fans need to be patient with Athanasiu. And yeah. I think the, the sense I'm getting on the text line, on our Ashley Fine Flores text line, is a lot of people, you know, they... they Dave Tippett has proven to them that he's a good coach, and they trust Tippett to turn this kind of player. But just an assessment on the uh, trade deadline from your perspective. I think the Oilers are one of the um, obvious winners of the trade deadline, in that they got they they needed some wingers to play with Connor McDavid, um, especially with uh, the injuries they had at the time. Uh, since cleared up a bit, but they needed some wingers, and they brought in two uh, Annis, uh, who's who's actually been outscoring Athanasio at, at even strength all year long considerably. Um, has fit right in very well on the top line. And FNSU is going to find his, you know, we can see he's got a lot of pace, a lot of speed in his game. I think he's going to come around. And they, they brought in those two wingers without giving up a first overall pick or a top prospect. So that's a, that's got to be a huge win for Ken Holland. Um, so he's right up there. I think Ottawa, the way they moved out all those players, uh, Pajot, Nemestikov, DeMello, and Ennis got a bunch of picks. Um, clear winner. Vancouver, uh, Tyler Hopefully has uh, four goals in six games, six points in six games, so he's panning out at least. And New Jersey, they moved out um, Hall, Green, Simmons, and Coleman in, in this trading season. And they're 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games, and uh, they got a ton of really uh, great assets and picks for those players. So those, it, you know, a couple sellers, Ottawa and New, New Jersey, uh, were definite winners at the trade deadline. And, and as far as losers, um, I'm going to say uh, Arizona, Bob. Um, the Hall trade has not worked out for them. In the 32 games since they picked up Hall, they have 13 wins and 19 losses. So they were challenging for first place or in first place when they made that trade, and it's just gone sideways. And I, I, I can't speak to it. I mean, Hall himself has 25 points in 32 games. He's been okay. But that team is not getting it done for some reason. David, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If uh, Darren Ferris, who represents Taylor Hall, calls up Ken Hall and says, look, we'll come in and do the Marion Hosts a one-year deal, $6 million, do you sign him? <laughs> Especially with Bob. Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins has got 38 points in 26 games as a left winger here. So, so Bob, we, we they have to sign Nugent. He, he can be signed a new contract this summer. 
Kyler Yamamoto, I believe, can be signed to a new long-term contract if they want it this summer. There's Ethan Bear's contract. There's Adam Larson's contract. He could, Larson could sign a new deal if they decide to move fast and aggressively on these players. There's, no, But they're, all those players are signed up except for Bear for next year. So there might be a one-year window with the cap going up as much as it's going up that we hear it might go up by three to five to six million dollars something like that i mean that that gives wiggle room to the team for a team like the oilers to contemplate bringing in taylor hall in a one-year deal they might be able to make the money work i don't think hall would take six million it might be one year maybe at eight million um six would be pretty hard to turn down hall at six for one year but if it was eight um maybe the Oilers can make the the numbers work for one year but he he might get you know what yeah, he might get Arizona offering him eight years at nine at nine million per. Well, that's like that's it, entire, right? entirely possible. Well, time will tell. I just had to throw it out there, Dave. Hey, thanks for your stuff. Where do people follow you? Just at uh, at D Staples on Twitter and the Cult of Hockey online. Great stuff. That's David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. It's one twenty three in Edmonton. You already know that uh, cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Make sure you go down and see Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. They're a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction, and they're blowing out their 2019 F-150s. They have vehicles with up to 20K off select models. Give Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin a call. one 877 or visit brentridge.com. When we return, we will get into the injury report, which is getting lighter and lighter every day for the Edmonton Oilers. It's courtesy of our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. That transitions us beautifully into the Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Oscar Clefbaum close to returning. Uh, Edmonton and Chicago tomorrow. I would suggest he's 100% lock to play on the homestand coming up. Not sure if he draws in tomorrow with that shoulder issue. Out uh, three to four weeks with an MCL sprain, Mike Green. Joe Kim Nygaard uh, got a pin replaced from his uh, hand after getting hand surgery. He's still out multiple weeks. Elsewhere around the NHL, back at the 630 Chet Studios for the Oilers Now Injury Report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brandon Escott. All right, well, uh, Edmonton native Johnny Boychuk sliced up by a skate during a net front battle last night game against Montreal rushed off the ice received 90 stitches 9-0 for a gash that uh, spanned his face up over his eyelid as well as eye specifically unaffected he is expected to make a full recovery but obviously no timetable given yet Calder candidate Kale McCarr day-to-day with an upper body injury so is Habs forward Thomas Tatar Sergei Bobrovsky a lower body ailment day-to-day down in Florida as well and Canucks defenseman Quinn Hughes Tyler Mine each day today they've got undisclosed injuries bob all right two quick texts on our ashley fine floors text line prov texts the show to say bob taylor hall will go to boston clayton says bob tyler ennis has been our best player outside of the dry settle line since the trade i think he'll be a permanent fixture on connor's line and i still think cassian's our best option for right wing well one of the reasons why that might work clayton is uh, i think archibald really helps drive riley sheen as well oilers gm says bob i believe things happen for a reason Con- 
Connors' injury gave Leon the opportunity to cement his MVP status. He's taken full advantage of that. Had Connor not been injured, the Eastern media would make the narrative their stats are the byproduct of playing together, even though most MVPs had great linemates. Case in point, Nikita Kucherov last year. Keep the text coming. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Still two great guests coming up. NHL insider John Shannon and the uh, head coach of the Spokane Chiefs, former Oilers assistant Manny Viveros. From Chicago, Illinois, this is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.